fuck my boy now They used to love to diss me Now they rush to hug and kiss me now They telling all their friends when I leave How they miss me now 281-330-8 Welcome Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers To another edition of the Pewter Report Podcast Energized by Celsius I am John Ledyard from PewterReport.com Scott Reynolds alongside tonight on a victory podcast for the Bucks in the preseason. Finally, Scott, they break through and they win a game. These guys, man, I'm telling you, trying to change a culture around here and you're losing preseason games. This is a shame. <laughs> but they win tonight against the yes. Texans. What was it, 23 to 6? I don't even remember the 23 16. 23 16. It was a, there was a lot of takeaways, man. I'm excited to do this post game. As yes. tired as I am from the live in game stream that we did, which was awesome. Yes, and we had great attendance on that. It was a blast. Yes. I am ready for this podcast because there is so much to break down from this game. It was actually a fun, entertaining preseason game through all four quarters. I'm glad preseason's over. I'm glad Amen. we get to talk about real football soon, but this was fun tonight. Yeah, it really was. And what made it fun for me was the fact that uh, around 6 o'clock, I was, I was hurting. I was, I was already getting tired, and I knew – We'd probably be on around midnight tonight for the, the the podcast. So I energized with with Celsius. I had the orange tonight. Yeah, I'm even rocking John. I'm even rocking the Celsius T-shirt right now. Oh, you see okay. That. So right. you're really representing. All right. Absolutely. All right, yeah. All right. So Celsius gives you that essential energy that you need without the crash because there's no sugar in it. There's no preservatives. And for whatever reason, they seem to hit the flavors. So when you're drinking a Fuji apple pear, when you're drinking an orange, when you're drinking the tropical vibe, which has got star fruit and uh, pineapple, it tastes just like the fruit. It's amazing. Even cola tastes just like cola. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're late to the game, if, if, you're, if you're wondering what all of the fuss about Celsius is and why we love this product so much, I mean, forget the fact they're our title sponsor, but we love the product. Um you need to do yourself a favor. Go to Celsius.com, click on the store locator, find out where Celsius is sold near you. When you type in your address, you're going to have convenience stores, health and fitness stores, uh, some of your grocery stores and stores like Walmart, Target, even Costco. Uh, they have Celsius in stock. Grab a couple. Try the different flavors. When you find ones you like, John, you got to go to Amazon. Mm-hmm. Buy them in bulk and save money. Do the subscribe and save and save between 5 and 15% on your purchase. They delivered right to your door. That way you never run out of Celsius. And boy, I tell you, we needed it tonight. It's a late night. But, John, it was also a very entertaining night. So this wasn't a snooze fest. We're tired. Right. But there's plenty to talk about in this, this uh, post-game podcast. Absolutely. Let's start with the starters because the way they started almost made us think that this was going to be a very disappointing post-game podcast. They started about as poorly as you can start, Scott. They got a false start penalty. They lost three yards on a run where there was a totally blown assignment up front and a tackle for loss three yards on a Rojo run. So they're in second and 18. Then it looks like some type of miscommunication on a route. Then what was third and 18? It was a drop by Giovanni Bernard (laughs) underneath. And so it's like, oh my goodness, come on. And so it was like that kind of a start. Then but, the next two drives got even further from that. But then Tom but Brady. But then Tom Brady went 11 of 12 for the rest of the game. Mike Evans kind of a drop over the middle. I think it was a little bit of a broken play. 154 yards was just surgical. I mean, I don't know what else to say. Like he just to go hurry up to be totally out of sync. I mean, you had your two of your first six passes of the preseason dropped at, at that point, like uh, they were just uh, – then it was unstoppable. It was like God mode, and I don't know what else to say, Scott, other than the fact that I hope that offense rolls out week one. For sure. And it's interesting. We didn't really get a clear answer tonight from Bruce Arians or from the players in terms of, of the uh, of going with the no huddle, with the hurry-up offense. Was that Tom Brady's idea? Was that Bruce Arians? Was that Byron Leftwich? But whatever, whoever got the credit for that decision certainly paid off because 290 290- – plus yard drives for Tom Brady ending in touchdowns. And, uh, you know, I, I was I was kind of expecting or hoping to see a little bit more of the running game. I'm I'm still not convinced that, that that's where it needs to be. We did see Ronald Jones have a good night. He was the starter tonight. He only got four carries after that. Stop playing, Leonard. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done, well, Scott. I'm done. 
he, Ronald, he, only, he, he doesn't catch. have runs like Ronald does. Yeah, he doesn't. He had one catch Ronald for three looks yards. Confident, like right, like he looked confident on the sidelines, right? He looked he like he was feeling a little bit. Like he had that touchdown. He was he's high stepping into the bit. end zone. You know, yeah. like, come on, I, I was feeling it, man. I was feeling yeah. Rojo tonight. He they tore his shirt off. They tore his jersey, and he kept going. I love him, man. I'm telling you, if he's right and the other stuff isn't weighing him down. He's the best back on the team. Yeah. Playing. Yeah. Feature. No, no doubt about it. And, and I think he will. He was the starter on the depth chart, although we saw Leonard get some some starts, if you will, in practice. We saw Leonard start the Cincinnati game, get the first carry there. But, John, I think that tonight Leonard didn't even get a carry. You saw Rojo average 6.8 yards per carry on his four carries for the game and, and had the touchdown. I think he's going to be the guy, the lead back. But as we know, Bruce Arians will go with the hot end. Both guys will play, but it's Ronald Jones's job to lose at this point, heading into the Dallas Cowboys season opener. Right. He's been the running back that's provided the juice. He's been running back that's provided some life for this offense. Um, I, I am, I'm all in on him being the, the starter. You know, now obviously this is a team that's going to pass more than their run, and that's how it should be. And that's yes. one of the best things about the Bucs offense and one of the reasons why they're successful. But when they run, like I'm talking about a guy that's going to maximize more often than not, and that's Rojo, and it's not Leonard. And so, yeah, I'm all about a guy that, again, you're getting through those creases in a dual run scheme. You want to be able to take, run through some arm tackles, run through some guys trying to drag you down. And, Rojo just has better contact balance. He runs harder. He runs stronger. Um, he's RB1. And so yeah. hopefully that's squared away for the Bucs now. There's never been any doubt about who QB1 was. And right. boy, Scott, tonight, <laughs> I mean, some of the throws he made, the seam shot to Godwin for the touchdown was probably the best one. Yeah. But the how decisive it was. We didn't even – there was no point in talking about protection, although it was good, because the ball, like back foot hit, ball was out. Back foot right. hit, ball was out. They did quick game. They did fast. They, they, yes. they threw short – I'm sorry – like short game and they and they went fast. Two things that we didn't really see last year. Right. There's going to be elements to this offense that we didn't see before. That was the most exciting thing to me about tonight. That they're still going to go the big plays, but they're also going to get you underneath too when it's there. That's right. They've got plenty of options underneath and they've got guys that are sure-handed underneath. AB made plays in that range. He also had a 16-yarder. You know what I mean? Right. Like you're just going to see a what double digit couple double digit catches for Godwin. Evans had an 11 yarder, AB at a yep. 16 yarder. I believe, did, uh, I believe, I think all three of, of Godwin's catches were over 20 yards. So he was, he was really the big play guy out of the slot tonight. The 32 yarder was the long one, mm -hmm. 24 yarder for the touchdown. And uh, John, you look at, at the stats of this 24 to 16 win by the Buccaneers. Brady's numbers stand out, Godwin's uh, numbers stand out. We talked about Ronald Jones. Um, we'll get to Kyle Trask in a little bit, but uh, 12 of 14 for 146 yards and a touchdown defensively while we're still talking about the starters. You know, you didn't like to see that 18 play 77 yard, nine minute and 55 second drive, but it did end in nothing, a big nothing burger for the Texans as the Bucks defense held on fourth down. Now they were without their kicker tonight. So that's why they went for it on every fourth down. And and uh, why they, I think they had what a running back out there doing kickoffs for mm. the Texans, but um, no, that was a safety. Your safety, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was incredible. Yeah, Justin so, Reed, man, unbelievable. Uh, Levante David, eight tackles tonight in the first quarter. As you said during the halftime of the the Pewter Game Day uh, podcast, John, mm. he was on pace for a thirty-two tackle night. <laughs> Levante <laughs> David was a one-man gang. It, it, you know. And listen, it's not that Devin White didn't play well. It's just that Levante David beat the younger uh, Buck <laughs> linebacker to, to the ball every time. And uh, even one time when Levante got trucked by a guard, he still was on the ground making a, a tackle. But uh, but really, the, the guy in the front seven that, that really stood out uh, to me and I think to everybody else is this this Joe Tryon's uh, Shoyunka <laughs> kid. What are we, buddy. Oh this I know he was unblocked tonight in a few, and the yes. sack was a hustle play. Yeah. I I have to quantify with that, but yeah. he just doesn't stay in any one play. Like you, he finds the ball so fast, and he's so explosive, and his stride length just covers so much ground. Yeah, they, I mean he's unblocked sometimes conceptually, and he's still ruining the play. Like yes, I just I he was he, tremendous against the run tonight. Right. And, and what I liked, and we talked about it at halftime of the, the Pewter Game Day uh, podcast, is this was a guy that did not have a forced fumble in his two seasons at Washington, John. So, 
Uh, he had a forced fumble tonight. You're seeing that rapid growth in maturation going from mm-hmm. a guy that, that was splashy as, as a rusher the first two games. Remember, he had the sack taken away mm-hmm. due to a crappy penalty. Then he finally had a sack that counts. Then he had a hustle sack tonight coming from behind, but he, you saw the strip sack. So this guy's rapidly taken to the coaching, and now you're seeing the impact plays. He also drilled Davis Mills into mm-hmm. Sunday. Yeah, on Saturday night. Yeah, uh, after he threw the ball, and that was great recognition. Realizing that the Davis Mills was looking down the field, mm-hmm. past where he dropped in zone, so he went straight for the quarterback and and made him have an errant throw and just drilled the hell out of Davis Mills. So, uh, Joe Tryon Shoinka with another very impressive night tonight, and uh, and then honestly, I mean, he's looked this way in camp. I mean, yeah, I mean. There was one day where Jason Light texted me, and he said, "He said, you know, if if we would have counted sacks, Tryon would have had eight sacks in practice." <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, just, that's just how how dominant he's. So, been. so we don't want to gush. To, I mean, some some of it is like we are done that he's this good this early. Um, yeah, it's 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 a little shocking. I mean, yeah, he didn't play last year. So some of it is us really. We're trying to collect ourselves a little bit. Yeah. We've, we're trying to do that now three preseason games in. We've got to look ahead to the it's regular hard. season. We're keeping our professionalism here. And we got to say, okay, yeah. how do we get – how do they get him on the field, Scott? Like how yeah. – what's the path here? Because Jason Pierre-Paul has had a great camp. He obviously yes. doesn't deserve to have a snaps cut. Shaq Barrett just signed a huge contract. He's not right. getting his snaps cut. Neither of those guys are really hybrid enough to play inside in a sure. big role. You know, JPP, there will be snaps in there situationally. Mm-hmm. I don't know that you're going to see the Bucks look at Joe Tryon showing and be like, Oh yeah, this is, we need to do a huge detour right now. Like right. we're going to you know, make a change like that. I think he's going to start in the limited role and we'll see what happens from there. I mean, well, limited, I start. Think, we don't want to like cause alarm bells. He's going to begin in the limited begin, role. Yes. Right. Thank yeah. you. Yes. Yeah. In the limited. Right. But, but you know what? I, I think he's the nickel edge guy uh, mm-hmm. in nickel defense. J- Jason Pierre Paul loves to rush inside. And I think he will. I think he mm-hmm. is going to be the inside rusher probably alongside Vita Vea uh, or Will Golston, somebody that can just get some push up the middle, kind of be that yeah. guy to, to, to double team, you know, the center and the guard and free up the, the, the three tech, who in this case would be Jason Pierre-Paul to get those one-on-ones. And then you have, you know, so you uh, need what third and seven and longer to, to feel probably. comfortable putting JPP inside, you know, yeah, third and got, six, yeah. third and five, you're still, yeah, you know, it's, it's yeah. It still could so, be a draw a quick hitter, you know, and, and you don't, you don't want, Jason Pierre-Paul having to take on a guard in a run block mm-hmm. situation and you know in the interior or certainly getting doubled mm-hmm. with the center and a guard. But uh, I wrote about this in in my uh, PR roundtable. Um, you know, even though he didn't really light up the stat sheet, we saw Shaq Barrett do to Tyrod Taylor what he did to Patrick Mahomes, force the guy out of the pocket, force him mm-hmm. to run with the ball, force him to to throw errantly on the run, mm-hmm. and uh, so. Shaq Barrett had a little bit of a quiet camp. I think Tristan Wirfs had a lot to do with that because Shaq is primarily on the left side. But mm-hmm. I think I think Shaq showed up ready to go. This is remember this is the seventeen million dollar man, you know. Yeah. Um, and between him and and Jason Pierre-Paul and Joe Tryon, you've got a tremendous trio of pass rushers on this team now. You you really do, Scott. It's it, yeah because when you have a guy one on one like Joe Tryon showing it. I don't want to say it like people will say, oh, you have Shaq Barrett and you have Jason Pierre-Paul. It changes the game for Tryon Chuenka. I'm almost going to go the other way and say I think when you have a guy one-on-one like that, you are going to have to respect him to a degree that you can't like – I just don't think you can just forget about it. Like I think he's going to beat people one-on-one. Yeah. So like you're going to – but you want to go elsewhere with your protections, but I just don't think you can. So yeah. I think you're going to have to just play everybody straight up. Um, well, and and he, maybe you max protect more. Yeah. And you, it's, you know what it's it does a whole other element. Just just from a strategic standpoint, if you're a left or a right tackle and you're you're playing the Buccaneers, you already have to because we've seen now Todd Bowles, more importantly Larry Foote, the outside linebacker uh, coach, he will deploy Shaq Barrett sometimes on the right side and Jace, J, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul on the left side. Right? Mm-hmm. It's traditionally the left side is Shaq, the right side is JPP, but. But because you you might be a left tackle facing Jason Pierre-Paul, you have to study his tape too, his tendencies, yeah. his get off his stance, everything. So you got to study two opponents. Now you have to study three, because maybe you didn't have to study last year for Anthony Nelson. No, right? probably not. But, Although but, I'll give Nelson a hat tip, by the way, yeah. just real quick. 
had a good preseason. He's he a did. solid player. I'm yes. glad he's on the roster. There's nothing there as a pass rusher, really, although he did have kind of a strip sack tonight. I mean, he should have. Yeah. I think it was incompletion, but he's had a good preseason. Sorry, yes. continue. No, I'm, I'm just saying, though. So, yeah. so now if you're a left or right tackle, you've got to spend some of your week studying the limited footage of Joe Tryon, and you've got to include that. And what that does is that just burns more time in the film room you got to spend more time doing that. And, um, and sometimes, you know, you can over prepare in the film room. So it's just those little things, they kind of, they make a difference. They add up for the opponents now. And if you, if you are an opposing offensive coordinator, it's not just mm -hmm. accounting for Shaq and Jason Pierre Paul. It's, it's accounting for an entirely new nickel rush package because you're not bringing in a cam Gill or an Anthony Nelson. You're bringing in a legitimate threat. That's going to rush from the outside. And that's Joe Tryon Shayanka. Yeah, it really is. He's a game changer type of player. I, I, you know, I don't want to. We just need to see in the regular season. I know everybody's going to say every time that you know. I don't. I actually. Don't, I feel like I do a good job. Like you, as you, people, people know that I'm a, yeah. I'm a pillars of athleticism pass rush guy. Like if yeah. you don't have that, I'm just kind of not very interested. So if you have some of those four pillars of pass rush athleticism, all right, I'll yeah. start there and we'll go from there. Nelson doesn't have those things, but like at the same time, he makes the most of what he does have. Like he's he does, a very yeah. good run defender. Like he, yeah. he really, really is. I he's mean, shown he is. improvement. This is his third year now. He's a, he's shown improvement this training camp and preseason. Yes. I think he's better than he was last year. And he came he's on just technically and, sound pad yeah. level for a guy that tall is crazy that he never gets pushed around. Right. He always pushes guys around. Like he never, yes. he's not, it's not he doesn't have anything really that interests me as a pass rusher, but as a run yep. defender, you know you can put the guy in the game and he can hold the line. Like I, I appreciate a player like that as your fourth right. guy is good and alien Mastodon with a great point here. Buccaneers need to conserve Jason Pierre Paul instead of playing him until he gets hurt like last year. He wasn't producing at the end of the regular season. That's that's fair. Mm -hmm. I will say this. That you know, that that's something too, I think, as the season goes on. Uh you might see Jason Pierre-Paul on the sidelines a little bit more, even Shaq Barrett, to keep these mm. guys fresh for 17 games. Yeah, And, and the only way that Tryon Shoyanka is going to get better is with more game experience. So I do think he's eventually going to play a series maybe out there on first and second downs as well, just to preserve maybe even early in the season some of these hot games in Tampa. Maybe not the, the Dallas Cowboys season opener, but that Falcons game in week two, you might see Tryon get an entire series at left or right mm -hmm. side to, to try to spell and keep yes. Jason Pierre-Paul and Shaq fresh for the fourth quarter as well mm -hmm. as the fourth quarter of the season in December. Mm -hmm. It'll be something Todd Bowles needs to figure out, uh, pace himself throughout the season. I think there'll be a process to that for sure. Um, but definitely, yes, they need to, all three need to play, and you can use this to your advantage to be able to get Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul more rest than they're used to. Jason Pierre-Paul has spent his entire career being a high percentage snap guy. From all edge yes. defenders in the league, he's always been that way. And Shaq's obviously not been a starter very as long, but at the same time, it's a similar situation, I think, um, with, with him. You know, he's played a lot recently. So, yeah, being able to keep those guys fresh is helpful. I think those guys will feel better about it because yes. – Joe trying to get is as good as he is. So they will be excited that he's coming onto the field to make the kind of plays that he can make. So no it's a good problem to have for sure. Speaking of coming on, we've got another pewter reporter that we're going to bring in to, to continue the talk about this exciting preseason game that I think ended really well for the Buccaneers, especially in the first half leading 16 to two mm -hmm. starters on both sides of the ball played really well. So let's uh, John, if you want to do the honors of bringing in yeah. JC, Absolutely. Let's bring in JC Allen in here to give his thoughts. JC, what's up, man? How was the game for you tonight? Um, you know, finally a win, right? You know, that was great. But, you know, the game started off slow and you're like, oh, okay, here we go. And then Tom Brady does Tom Brady things. And, yeah. you know, to start to, those two drives to be over 90 yards and just methodically work your way down the field and get multiple receivers involved and then get the running game involved on the second drive, you know, you couldn't write it up better, and I think it's just a, a small preview of, of what's to come. Yeah. Uh, you know, Rojo is going to be the guy, as we've been saying throughout camp. Elena Fournette, not one carry. I thought that was interesting. He yeah. did play a little bit, um, you know, out of the backfield, got a nice catch. 
his first snap of the game, he actually lined up out wide, which I thought we've seen some of that in camp, which I thought was interesting. Um, but overall, I mean, there's some good things and some bad things. Most of the good things happen with the starters and most of the bad things happen with the backups. That yeah. second drive for the defense was a little bit of alarming. Um, you know, they gave up a lot of running plays, a, a big running, uh, I think it was 21 yards to David Johnson. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think that's something they need to tighten up. But they're also missing the Dom Kinsu, who is a huge part of that run defense as well. But overall, but, I thought. But you know what, JC? If if you're Todd Bowles, right, you you got to love the fact that I, I was going to say something a little vulgar, but I'm not going to because it's, it's like that, that they we're after the, hours. We no, are. I'm, I know, but I'm just saying that they crapped the bed against the run, right? Yeah. And and, um, uh, and and I think that's a great like uh, talking teaching point in the film room, right? By Todd right. Bowles, a little reminder: Hey, just because you've led the league. In rushing the last two years in terms of rushing defense doesn't mean it's automatically going to happen this year, right? Exactly. So that's what's great about the preseason is like even when it goes well for coaches, there's a couple of points of emphasis mm-hmm. that I think Todd Bowles is really going to point out, JC, and I think that's that's one of them is, hey, yeah, you know, I mean, we have the, the talent to be the number one rushing defense again, guys, but yeah. you didn't do it out there Saturday night, especially on that 18 play drive. You should yeah. be ashamed of yourselves, right? I mean, that's a great time for Todd Bowles to reemphasize that. Yeah. I yeah. mean, for, for Todd Bowles to reemphasize that on the defense and then for the offense too, Bruce, another slow start, you know, how many times did the bucks have slow starts last year? We're like, okay, what's going on here? Um, it was nice. I, I heard John and Paul talking about that first play it looked like it was going to be play action, you know, so, you know, and they, they did have some motion plays and play action. You know, not, I don't know if, you know, Byron Leftwich was watching or calling those plays because they're not doing that this season or changing it up anymore, but you know, it was good to see. Yeah, it was. There was a lot of encouraging things to see. And one of them is a point I want to make sure. I'm glad Eric teed this up, actually, with the $10 Super Chat. Eric, very much appreciated, man. You always support us for sure. But this is – I'm glad he asked this while you were on the show, JC, because big shout-out to you. You said this, and we'll see if it comes true or not, but you said this before training camp started. You said you didn't think Steve McClendon was – a lock to make the roster. I think it was Paul and I actually, they were like, yeah, come on, like, come on, like on the pod, I think. And then, but now it looks like that could be a thing. And Scott, you had that in your fab five as well. in your roster prediction that McClendon might not make it. Khalil Davis played great tonight. Pat O'Connor's made plays all preseason. I thought Jeremiah Ledbetter was like one of the players of this game. If you were picking five guys from this game, I mean, he was on your most impressive. You can check that out over at PeterReport.com. Those guys all played really, really well. Plus, you have to think about the age group, the, the age of the defensive line in general. Right. Like, yeah. do you want to have an empty nest next year, you know, when you're trying to replace all these guys that are on one-year contracts? So there's just a lot to consider with this group, and it makes me wonder what they're going to do with McClendon. Yeah, I mean, you just said it perfectly. I mean, you've got a lot of guys who are up there in age. Golston, Sue, both of them are on one-year deals. Those come off the books next year. Do you want to empty the cover? Because after Led, after Ledbetter's game tonight and you know, the impressive camp that he's had, we talked about how he came in. Scott, you were really high on him coming yep. in in great shape. and you know, really Changed putting, his body, right? Changed like, his body. How much bigger is he, Scott, than when you first covered him? He's certainly over 300 pounds now. Yeah, oh, my gosh. And before, putting all that good. stuff on tape tonight, too, is – you know, teams are evaluating this, you know, and yeah. if they try to sneak him through waivers, it might not happen. So, That's true. you know, That's a good point. O'Connor's a lock. Khalil Davis looks yeah. like he's probably going to be and got to make I'll, this. So. I'll stop you right there, JC, because you mentioned Ledbetter and Khalil Davis. The thing that they both did tonight was hustle plays. You yes. saw Ledbetter recover the fumble on Keyshawn Bond's awful <laughs> uh, kick return that where he coughed the ball up. And then you saw Khalil Davis, and to me it looked like, on um, what a play! Uh, yeah, where where he he recovered the fumble. I, it, it looked like Anthony Nelson had a chance to maybe scoop it up, but he didn't do it. I thought it was going to go back to the Texans, but it was actually Khalil Davis, Johnny on the spot there, getting that fumble after Joe Tryon Choyanka forced it. So and the screenplay too. The yes. screenplay was yes. one of the plays of the night by Khalil yeah. Davis. That was, I mean, defensive tackles with that kind of speed and athleticism. Yeah. 
That's not very common. No, that no. was a great play. I mean, he's been out there on special teams too, back mm-hmm. on special teams too. He's not playing a guy up front on kickoff return. Right. You know, he's been back there with. It's been him and Tyler Johnson as the two back guys ahead of the returner. So yeah, the speed that he shows, I think you know they liked him in the sixth round enough to draft him last year. And sixth round picks aren't guys who are locks to make teams, but I think the improvement and also just the praise you've heard from the coaching staff and from the players, I think it's a guy they want to keep. But Ledbetter right. is that guy. You have to make the decision on do you keep him or do you keep the 35 year old nose tackle? I mean, you got a guy like Benning Potawae who's got the same type of body frame as a good run stuffer. I think he can sneak on the practice squad and maybe McClendon comes back on the practice squad, you know? Uh, But I just, I don't see a spot for him. It's still going to come down to if they want to keep seven defensive linemen or not. And that's the big question mark. I'm not sure. I know Bruce uh, said that he wanted to keep 10 DBs and 10, you know, linebackers and Herb Miller and Dee Delaney both made a case for them potentially to keep six uh, cornerbacks. If you count Ross Cockrell in that mix. Hey, but, after tonight, I'm trying to figure out how to keep Ledbetter, man. Like he was, yeah, uh, he I'm, was yes. first, he was out there with the starting defense at some right. points in that game. I was like, what is going? And then he made the play on the third down near the goal line and the yeah. on the 16, 17 play drive or whatever. He made that play. Uh, he had pressure later in the game to force the the second interception by D. Delaney. Um, right. He was in the backfield consistently tackles for loss, and he also body slammed a dude. You guys will see it's kind of off the screen, but I noticed it. I didn't even bring it up on the live in game stream. He like body slams a dude after the snap. It was sick. I can't wait to clip it and show y'all. But like he just came to play and physically how he's developed. I mean. Again, that was the question with him. Like, is he really a, a three technique? Is he kind of a five? Where does yeah. he play exactly? Now that his body is filled out and developed, uh, yeah. I mean, he had a good camp. He doesn't. Ha- he hasn't had that many reps and, in preseason. And, and like, you know what the thing is? Is it's getting harder and harder to find defensive tackles coming out of college that can come in and play. Yeah. Right. It's it's been a, a kind of a weak crop the last couple of years. Yeah. And and so to have Khalil Davis and Pat O'Connor and Jeremiah Ledbetter. And to a degree, Benning Potawai, but but I think those three really were, were the, the the flashiest and splashiest guys tonight, and maybe even into the, the entire preseason. Mm. To have those yeah. three those three guys come up, when chances are, if if McClendon makes the team, he's he's only going to play for one more year, and I believe that's the case for Sue too. So you're losing two guys in their mid thirties, but at least the cupboard's not bare. You've got some guys to team with Vita Vea. To, to come up and, and and not have this gaping hole of defensive tackle. Exactly. And, and John, you mentioned body slam. Uh, did you guys see the pancake block that Donovan Smith uh, had on that drive? On that, mm, that second drive? Oh, man. He laid the guy out, threw him on the ground, and just laid on top of him. It was, I was like, Donovan Smith, who, who's this guy? Where did, <laughs> yeah. where did you come from? But it was nice to see. But yeah, I mean, you look at the guys up and down the roster, you know, who have been really hustling and showing a lot. Uh, you know, I know guys like KJ Britt and Grant Stewart are, aren't the most athletic athletic players and you know they're really limited in that's but they both i thought put really good tape on and i think you know seeing joe jones not out there really kind of showed some now he had the athletic play to you know with him and chris cooper on special teams but right you know i think it's going to be really interesting and i, I kind of talked about this earlier i think grant stewart maybe have done enough to sneak on as that fifth guy i don't know what you guys think but KJ Britt definitely has a fourth spot lockdown. No doubt. <laughs> yeah. Tonight was the best from KJ Britt we've yeah. seen. Seven tackles on defense. The goal line stand. He made a tackle on special made the teams. Ta- yes. Yeah. He made the splash play we needed with the goal fourth down <laughs> stop. I still have no faith in <laughs> As a full-time, yeah. he cannot run. And yes. it's just there is a limitation to what you can do in the NFL at linebacker these days if you cannot right. run. Offenses are too versatile. They spread the field. They put you over number three. Yeah. They expose you in coverage. And it happens to Grant Stewart and KJ Britt every time. Not trying to rag on those guys. I just want to set realistic expectations for people. He does. He should win LB four, I believe. Joe Jones playing, by the way, after Grant Stewart uh, today. That clearly, right? Volumes. Because right, Joe's where he's at. Which again, I haven't seen anything. From, I would love to stand on the table for Joe right. because I think he's a great locker room guy and great special teams guy. But I haven't seen anything that makes him worth standing on the table for. Now, Grant Stewart, I thought was not very good tonight at all. He missed. His gap twice, I think, in the run game, he was kind of at blame for that. Um, so for a couple big gains, and so I, I, 
I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> don't keep five. <laughs> Just right. don't. I still right. think this is a Just spot don't. where they look heavily at the waiver wire, even if they even to replace KJ Britt if they need to. Sorry, yeah. Speaking I think they'll five, keep Brent, but they might look at the waiver wire. Yeah. yeah, speaking of five, we want to thank Tony Saylor for his donation of $4.99. Super chat. We appreciate that. Uh, let's let's go around the round table here with the three of us, and we're going to bring in Matt Matera in a couple minutes here. Uh, what's the biggest area of concern going into the season, the run game, the secondary, or special teams? I'm going to go with the run game. I am not convinced and, uh, and sold that this team got enough work in the run game now, I like Rojo as a runner. I think Ronald Jones made the most of his carries tonight, 6.8 yards. But I could see it take a couple of games for this running game to get going. It's it's still going to be the second fiddle to the passing game. I get it. But there are times when this team will have to run the ball. And uh, and, and I, I'm, I'm not convinced that they can flip the switch and turn it on and get 120 yards on the ground or even 100 yards at this point in time. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. But that's that's my biggest concern. JC, what about you? Yeah, I mean, th- that's definitely a huge concern. I, I wish they would have put a little more focal uh, point on that because, you know, to set up an effective passing game, you need to have a good running game, especially if you're going to do play action and stuff like that. But, you know, special teams is still it, – it's, it's not good. It doesn't look good out there. You had two block kicks by Jose Borregales um, yeah. on special teams. You had the fumble by Keyshawn Vaughn. You had the splash play by Chris Cooper – you know, that was that enough for him to make the roster over Javon Hagan? I don't think so. Um, but you, you still had some struggles. Uh, Darden back there doesn't look like an NFL returner. And I saw this right. uh, comment on on the on the um, the game day show. Someone said, you know, he's he's just looking to hit the edge. He doesn't look like a returner out there. And I think that's a fair assessment. So um, I'm still worried about the special teams. Keith Armstrong, what are you doing out there? You got to have your guys prepared, and, and it just you know, for a team that puts so much emphasis on special teams this offseason and in the draft and bringing guys in with special teams backgrounds for where where it is right now headed into the season. I'm I'm just, uh, you know, I'm not not, not sold. convinced. Right, I'm not yeah. told. I'm not convinced. I'm just, right. you know, yeah, we'll see. John, how about you? Uh, definitely. Well, OK, let's say this run scheme. Sure. Scott, you have some points. I agree. Ultimately, I'm not worried about it because. If they need the run game to win, then they are already doing something else wrong that I'm going to be more concerned about, in my opinion. Like, I just don't – we saw last year. They'll be better than last year, I think, and that was – and they right. weren't very good last year. So, I think – I get – but I get what you're saying, like, in a vacuum, yeah. But to me, it's special teams. And for a lot of the reasons JC said, I agree. The Keith Armstrong concerns are real. Also, I get it. There's a lot of moving pieces in preseason on special teams, and you don't have a comprehensive unit. So, I recognize and respect the challenge. At the same time, how do we not even know who to block on extra point tries? Like, I mean, yeah. and field goal tries. Come on, like yeah. we don't even know what we're doing. I want to say it, that it was feels Cody like communication McElroy on right. the edge. I, I could be wrong. Right? It's Maybe, I, but he didn't look like he there. knew. So, like, has right. anybody told him? Because he didn't look like he had any idea. And so, Bruce yeah. brought that up too. He said, you know, yes. the first one was a bit low. The second one was the guy just missed his block on the edge. Right. Yeah. So there's moving pieces. I get it, but it feels like communication from the beginning of the preseason when they kicked that extra point they shouldn't have. Uh, it's just been an issue all throughout. So that needs to be better for sure. I feel better about the secondary. I don't think it's on my list of concerns right now. Not saying that there couldn't be something that happens, but what have we seen in the preseason that we put on our list of concerns? I mean, we didn't see, and what we saw of Carlton Davis or Antoine Winfield, they, they, no big pass plays have been given up in the preseason by the first or Correct. second team defense. E. Delaney has surprised and impressed. Antonio Hamilton wasn't great tonight, but overall in camp and in preseason, he's been good. Right. Herb Miller had a good night tonight, so I feel better, if anything, about secondary depth than I do than I did before. Ross Cocker's ability to play a couple different positions. Right. I think they have more answers there than they had a year ago in the secondary. The one yeah. thing I will say about the secondary is they haven't been t- challenged at all. I mean, the first game you have the Bengals without Joe Burrow. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you're not really challenged there at all. And right. then now this game, you're Tyrod Taylor and Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins. Give me a break here. You're not challenged in that area as well. And Dak the Prescott, first game. C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That first right. game, yeah. you're going to have. No question. It's a totally different. We just haven't seen yeah. anything in preseason that would make me say secondary is a concern right. where we have seen things from the run game and special and that teams. first day that first day with without aj brown and julio jones against the joint practice with the titans they got picked on a little bit there so you know that gives you a little bit pause for concern but i'm not 
as a whole, I'm not worried about the group at all. I think they'll be fine. I think, you know, Bowles and, and, and the defensive coaches back there will have them in a position to play. JC, we appreciate your insight. Thanks for coming on. You can read JC's game story on PeterReport.com. That's up. In addition to most impressive and most disappointing on PeterReport.com. So go check those stories out before you go to bed. And we're going to bring in Mabatera right now to finish up some analysis. Let's see here. There we go. Matt. Hello, Matt Matera. How are you doing? I'm doing great, guys. Thank you for having me on. Um, you guys covered a ton of ground. I mean, I don't know well, how much more I can even add to uh, well, the situation. There's, you guys there's still a lot, of gr- a lot of ground to cover. Yeah, and, I got my Celsius with me. Good to go. Excellent. I'm ready for this podcast. So, Okay, well, let's let's talk now about um, about this guy right here. You know, And uh, I've, I've been known to to be a Blaine Gabbert kiss-ass, and I'm not going <laughs> to deny that. Uh, but but some uh, of it's tongue in cheek. I feel like <laughs> well, am I yeah. bursting the bubble for people? I mean, I extremely that? handsome. I don't. Yeah, yeah the part, handsome yes. part is completely legit. But like the rest yes. of it, I don't want people like going to their grave thinking Scott is this diehard Blaine Gabbard is better than Tom Brady guy. No, 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 no. I'm not. A, I'm not a Blaine Gabbard apologist by any means. I mean, that you know, he he did not play well at all tonight. Some of it was the supporting cast. Uh, we can go through the, the three mistakes. Uh, that he had, which which were um, playing with the backups. Yeah, well, true, but it was, it <laughs> he was, couldn't it even get the snaps. If safety. we want to start off there, yeah, at some yeah. point, I get like, <laughs> but Blake Gabbard has been through it this preseason. Like he goes out there, he's balling in the last yeah. preseason game, and right. what they dropped three of his six passes. Like he yes. sacked on a, a couple poor protection plays. Yes. Then he comes out, they blow their protection on his first play. Yeah. And he Watch, gets you know, like a free runner. Just, they I low snap well him too. at his own goal line. That was yeah. Robert Hansey, the rookie who didn't didn't play well uh, in his first snap, but that's what first games are for. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Uh, and, and then he threw an inter- interception, and uh, it looked Darden's to me. Fault. It was Dar's fault, yes. yes. But I, I will say this, just, just to be fair, the common denominator in all of the sacks, the interception, and the safety was Blaine Gabbard. So I'm not going to be a Blaine Gabbard apologist. Well, I had the biggest issue I had with him was trying to put Scotty Miller in the hospital down the seam. That's what what I was going to say. I mean, what, what was there? Three defenders in coverage on that play? It was yeah, very to, suspicious to, that he yeah, that he get our boy killed right. in the exactly. first place. And yeah, the the fact that Scotty was hurt after the play, I mean, made it, it literally you know salt into the wound and. Yes. Uh, the Bucks really had some scary moments between Scotty getting hurt, and then uh, I think oh. even the bigger one was when Giovanni Bernard, when he yeah. grabbed that ankle after he after he First dropped the pass, the Achilles. I was like, oh, that's, yeah. that's what I was thinking. I was like, oh yeah. my god, he popped this Achilles. The Bucks are in the same exact situation where they don't have a running back that can catch the ball now. I was like, oh no. <laughs> well, like, the first thing I thought actually happened was I thought he like grabbed his ankle because he thought maybe like part of his body was actually turning into Leonard Fournette after he dropped two passes, <laughs> and he was like, oh no, this can't Leonard! happen. And then he realized it was actually yeah. just he hurt his ankle, and then he yeah. just trotted off. So that's yeah. No, you, you're right. But but so the thing is, is yes, a rough night for for playing Gabbert. We didn't see Ryan Griffin. You know that was no. that was interesting. But but the thing is, is what we did see was uh, the fourth guy in the Bucks offensive stats uh, list, Kyle Trask, twelve of fourteen for 146 yards and a touchdown. Matt. When he came in there, and he was five for five for 71 yards, including a touchdown. And uh, this was by far clearly the best game. It wasn't perfect, but for for Kyle Trask, he looked like an NFL quarterback tonight. Yeah, he looked as comfortable as he did. Now, granted, he he had the the fumble later in the game where it looked like he could have held on to it more. But if you're going to look at it overall, it was definitely a positive for Kyle Trask. He was getting the ball out mostly in a timely manner. Again, that one situation, he held on to it for a little bit too long. But that's what you want to see with a rookie quarterback. You know, there's going to be the growing pains. But overall, he kept it moving. The, the offense looked as fluid as it has been when he's been in the game. I mean, all signs are pointing up for Kyle Trask in the sense of, hey, like he knows he's he's the third string guy. He doesn't really have to worry about Ryan Griffin anymore. And this is his last opportunity to go against live action, you know, right. In the regular season, it's all going to be Tom Brady, and I'm sure Blaine Gabbert will get a couple of reps in practice. But, you know, this was his grand finale, and yep. he went out as good as he really possibly could be in this game. 
Right. So the good news is, as Bucks Time 12 said, from his press conference, Bruce Arians said no significant injuries. Scotty Miller looked like he dinged up an arm or shoulder, but he returned to the game. He's going to be okay. Same with Giovanni Bernard. It was just a, a little bit of a tweak. Nothing too um, too major there. So they, I think they came out of this this preseason unscathed, which when you look at what's happened around the league even uh, today, Baltimore, Baltimore yeah. with J.K. Dobbins, uh, I, I think that's the best news possible. Is that the is. Buccaneers. You're exactly right. They're, they're yep. going to have everybody at their disposal. I think Jordan Whitehead is set to come back for mm-hmm. that Cowboys game. So they should be, barring anything, knock on wood, mm-hmm. uh, happening in practice, they should be okay. Now you just got to right. worry about about the COVID situation because yeah. Ryan Sucka missed this game. Dominic Sue missed the game with, with COVID. So um, I did yeah. like it. I think we're all in agreement that with what Bruce Arians said is like there's NFL rules and there's my rules, and we're yeah. going to lock down the team you know, hotel. And and uh, and I, I think that this is a little bit of a wake-up call for the Buccaneers, whether you're vaccinated or not. If this team were to go back to last year's protocols, the, the, the self-mandated mm-hmm. – Work, go home, try to win another Super Bowl. I think they'll be okay because the Buccaneers, uh, I thought they they handled COVID one of the, the best teams mm-hmm. last year. Absolutely, fighting the virus and it ended up. Uh, yeah, working and out. obviously, yeah, and they're in the hot spot, right? I mean, they're in the yeah, worst of the no worst doubt. area with Delta and everything. So yeah, it's look at the be, Titans; they come right. to Florida once, and you know, exactly. it's a whole situation. It's, it's, but that's yeah. what Bruce Arians said in like literally every yeah. post Super Bowl speech or any interview he had. He's going on the Tonight Show. Everything he pretty much started every single speech with. We had to defeat the virus before we yeah, defeated right. all other 31 teams. And mm-hmm. I worked for them last season. Like, why not stick to that same routine? You're obviously seeing big-name players and coaches getting COVID even after they're vaccinated. So why not stick to the same routine? It got you through last season when it was even worse. So keep going right. with that. Defeat the virus first. Then defeat the opponent, the Dallas Cowboys, coming up on September 9th. Right. Then beat them next. So yeah. I, I, they know the blueprint. They have they it right yeah. in front of them. So just get after it. Yeah, John Eric Olson says, uh, considering how Trask looked, did he even worry about putting Griffin on the practice squad? I think you have to because of COVID and because of injuries, right? Yeah, I would definitely. I think he's going to be on there. They want to just have as many options as they can. I do wonder now. I mean, I've I've wondered more less because of how Trask played tonight, and more because of how poor Griffin has looked. If what happens now, if they would need a QB three, it won't matter. But you know, yeah. just I literally just crossed my mind. The thought did. Um, they know if it's Brady or Bust. So hopefully, you know, Lord willing, that's the last time we see Trask until next preseason um, or next training camp, I guess, right. or mini camp, whatever. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a really positive performance. I told Paul this, you know, for people who missed the live uh, in the in-game live stream that we did during the game, and that we'll continue to do, by the way, throughout the season. Yeah. Um, I told Paul, I said, the one thing that maybe has surprised me a little bit about Trask in a good way is that like he will kind of create out of structure a little bit. He's not athletic enough to like live by that. Right. Um, but he doesn't mind kind of wheeling out of the pocket and making a mo- throw, you know, outside of the structure of the timing of the offense. I don't know whether that's good or bad really long term, but I think that uh, for his purposes in preseason, it allowed him to make some plays. I mean, you saw him kind of wheel out of a pretty clean pocket and then throw deep to Darden and he and he hit him for 26 yarder. That was right. a nice play. Good job by those two kind of being on the same page and improvising. He did it later in the game and threw it accurately, you know, so I don't know that he has the arm to ever really, you know, make some crazy throws out of structure, right. but it's another element to his game that I think that I can appreciate if it's done in the right context and to the right amount. Um, but overall, he's still pretty limited, I think. But he looked so much more comfortable tonight in terms of right. my back foot hits, I'm pulling the trigger. My back foot hits, I'm pulling the trigger. And if it wasn't there, slide in the pocket, step up, step out. You know, he'd made some better decisions regarding I, that I, stuff. I would also uh, like it better if, if, you know, he had Tristan Wirfs blocking for him rather than yeah. Brad Seaton. Right? Yeah, that would make a big difference too. I mean, I think yeah. that there were – perhaps he had good protection on his touchdown drive, but let's yes. be honest, that was the first touchdown drive that we've seen from non-starters for the Bucks, other than the Blaine yeah. Gabbert one in the yeah. first preseason game. So the, you're talking about full length, going the field. They marched the field and they, and they yeah. scored, and that was – I think that was huge for him to finish off the preseason that way. Totally it was agree. a big shot. I think so. He'll hopefully that's good because he's not going to get any reps the rest of the season unless yeah. there's a catastrophe. So, yeah. 
Matt, uh, let's let's get your thoughts on the cornerback battle, right? Because mm-hmm. Herb Miller, right? He, you know, he yep. got kind of ragged out for for not showing Bruce Arians anything. So then he says, "Coach, look at me. I got there making an interception. You're working the Peter Report Twitter feed tonight. You said pick." You know, Herb Miller. Yeah, you know, through, it gets, it gets the people going when you That's say right. pick in all in all caps. You know, people get yeah. excited about that. Every <laughs> interception should be said that way. That's right, and, and you did. That's what I yeah. love about you. You're consistent, Mater. I love it. But the thing <laughs> is, is you did it for Herb Miller, and then you did it twice for D. Delaney. And D. Delaney came up with six tackles, two interceptions, and also a pass breakup on the two point conversion in the fourth quarter. So it's when you when you look at, at Herb Miller, it looked like he was putting himself right back into this mix for cornerback five. But D. Delaney, who's been a Bruce Arians press conference favorite, right? I mean, yeah. you're there at the press conferences. Uh, you know, what, what do you think about how this shook out tonight? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Bruce Arians, as you just said, he's been talking nonstop about D. Delaney. Mostly it's been in a special teams sense, but obviously he brought it tonight. I thought it was so fascinating because the secondary, the the late spots on the roster in the secondary, it was going to come down tonight. I mean, nothing was really set in stone, even though as much as Arians has spoken about Delaney. So a couple of guys needed to step up and have that big time game. And Herb Miller was probably the defensive back that we spoke about the least in this right. situation. He comes up big with an interception there. And Delaney, as much as Arian spoke about him, it's one thing to be like, oh, you know, he's kind of the leader in the clubhouse, kind of like how K.J. Britt was. But K.J. Britt came in, bam, makes those stops at the goal line. He put his stamp on, I'm making this team. I think Delaney did that tonight with the two interceptions. Granted, they were, you know, I don't want to call it like a softball, but they were ones that were a little bit easier than some other interceptions that that we've seen. Uh, I thought it was a, a really good night overall for the secondary. I mean, this was a special teams play, but that play that Chris Cooper made, that was like my favorite play of the entire yeah. night, e- even with everything the offense did. I mean, you're talking you gotta, about, about the punt going into the end. Yes. Zone, it back for Joe leaping in the air, staying in the air, almost as, as long as Michael Jordan yeah. would when he's jumping to go make a dunk and throws the ball. I'm back just that part. Like Chris, Matt Matera compares Chris Cooper to Michael Jordan. Sure. Go ahead. <laughs> It'll, it'll going on the clicks. Well, <laughs> Stony Brook, stand up, you know. The, the thing is, is too, is is although Javon Hagen, I, I thought he had a couple of, of plays where he was a step late in coverage, especially around Made the Made up for line, it at the end. end zone. He did. Nice nice sack fumble there. That, uh, that Four turnovers tonight, turnover. right? And, and that's why it looked Five. like Antonio Hamilton, a guy that we've spoken about pretty glowingly. Yeah, It was a bad night to not – make the plays because everyone else is making the plays and it's going to be a, uh, you know, Harold Goodwin spoke about this. He was talking about the running back competition, but he said at the end of the day, I just, I hope they both perform well and it makes our job really tough to make a decision on who's going to be the starter. I think a lot of the guys in the secondary are going to make it very difficult for Bruce Arians to decide which guy to keep, which guy to put on the practice squad and which guy, unfortunately might not be on the roster at all because throughout this whole training camp and the preseason, They've all been making plays, but it's obviously what have you done for me lately? And the sure. big winners were Herb Miller and Dee Delaney, without question. Matt, you're right. And the, the thing too is you're out there at practice, you know, with us on, on a regular basis. And Antonio Hamilton's a guy that that we all kind of thought probably was the leader in the clubhouse. So yeah. I wonder how much practice tape and and then that's that's more voluminous, right? Than than these preseason games. But you got to weigh the fact that you're playing under the lights, add game speed against an opponent. It's going to be really interesting to see how this this cornerback battle shakes out. And if Antonio Hamilton, who did not have a good night tonight, John, in coverage, yeah, if he lost some ground to D. Delaney uh, and or Herb Miller, it's just you know, uh, here's here's the deal. Antonio Hamilton was the worst of those three tonight. I still think he should make the roster. I still think Antonio I, Hamilton and D. Delaney should make the roster. Be your fifth and sixth corners. Contribute on special teams, help replace. Don't activate Keyshawn Vaughn because you don't want to admit that it was a bad pick. We haven't even talked yeah. about Keyshawn. Let's talk about Keyshawn. Let's keep Matt nailed it with Keyshawn Vaughn. Yes, I mean I'm done. I'm I'm out. Like I'm just it's it just not worth the risk. Maybe next right. year let's try it. Whatever he's cheap, you're obviously keeping him on the roster. Whatever, but I don't want to. He doesn't need to play this year. And not only did he fumble an offense on the kickoff, not only yeah. did he fumble on the kickoff, but it was right after he just fumbled. 
on the on the exchange and right we can only watch so he's many had replays. like 50 touches in his but, career and he's fumbled or dropped i mean like, that that handle it, it looked like it looked minute. like trask got the ball to vaughn like pretty well you know it didn't really it seemed like vaughn just didn't grab it the right way but then to come back yeah. and well, fumble it again instantly yeah i mean this come isn't on the texans that's what right. i would like right. this is not a team trying to tank like the texans or trying to develop whatever young player they have on their team this season. Like this team's trying to ball and win a Super Bowl. And yes. if if you're dropping or fumbling 25% of your touches in yeah. the NFL, I don't want you to ever touch the football on a team like this. Like that's just I'm I, that I, might I, sound I, harsh, but like this. that's what I, I'm, that's how I feel. I'm with you. All right. He had 15 carries and granted it wasn't with the starters blocking. I, I understand that, but 1.9 yards per carry average, right? Longest play was seven yards. I just haven't seen anything special. That's every as- time. That's every preseason game. Yeah. We haven't seen any. There's no Correct. juice. There's no elusiveness. There's no tackle breaking. There's nothing special as a receiver. Kickoff return. 17 yards. That's it. I mean, Jalen Darden had one for 16. Okay. And here's yeah. the thing. If, if I'm Jaden Mickens, and uh, if for some reason they decide not to keep him as, as the punter kick returner, and he walks into to, uh, Jason Light's office, and Jason Light says, oh, "Man, sorry, you know, you're on the Super Bowl team last year, and you know, we're just going to go in a different direction." I would just say, "You know what? What you, direction you, is that?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. You Sour. didn't get you didn't give me the opportunity to win the job. You know, you, 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 yeah, yeah. You wasted kickoff returns with Keyshawn Vaughn. That's what I would tell Jason Light to his face. I tell Bruce Arians the same thing. You didn't give me the opportunities in games. And if you said, well, we knew, we knew what you could do going in, then you're cutting the best kickoff return guy on this team because that's me. It's certainly a hell it's not Keyshawn Vaughn, and, and it's not Jalen Darden yet at all. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Darden, was it punt or kickoff return? I can't even remember. He had he a nice return, punt return. He had a good, nice punt return tonight. So I give him credit, you know, and maybe that's more him. But oh. kickoff return, no, no, it's not. It's Jaden Mickens. That's, that's who you want. And if, when week one rolls around – you don't want to start off losing a game because you fumbled in the punt in the red zone or you fumbled a kickoff or whatever. Like, yeah, Jaden Mickens I, needs to be active. I actually got I asked the other day, like, what does Jaden Mickens have to do to make this team when, with the emphasis being that he's going to make the team as a kick or a punt returner? And I said it, it doesn't really come down to Mickens because you know what you're going to get with Mickens is it's more came down to can Jalen Darden excel as a, a returner that you can trust? And the answer, even after this game, is no like Darden didn't do enough to be trusted with that role. So I think Mickens should make the team just by default of, as you guys were saying, he's the best returner on this team. I don't think it's uh, I agree. It's much of an argument at this point. And you know what? I'm going to put this out there and granted he was not the kickoff return guy per se, but let's not forget. Let's rewind to week one last year in new Orleans. We saw a key special teams gaffe by Mike Edwards yeah. trying to field uh, that was going out of bounds. Pooch kick that was going out of bounds. Tried to field it, turned into a turnover, and that that really kind of set the tone mm-hmm. for a not so great special teams year by the Buccaneers. So there is importance in having credible, quality, experienced guys back there handling the ball on punts and kickoffs. And I think Jaden Mickens has done the best job of that so far. I've yet to see anybody better than him. Yeah, you know, and- out there in, in preseason. One last thing, Scott, just you're talking about special teams gaffes in general. Why do the Bucks have this weird initiation of anytime you get your first extra point opportunity, you have to get it blocked? Okay. I believe it happened in New Orleans where they missed the, the like an extra point early in the game in the in the first game of last season. Yeah. Then yeah. then Suckup got his kick blocked in the first postseason game against Washington and then Jose B tonight he gets his first extra point blocked what is this weird initiation with it's like okay the Bucks finally got rid of the kicker curse now they have to extend it to the the blocking curse or something like that where they get all their extra points blocked it's well here Keith Armstrong Barnes says it out yeah he's got to figure it out and so Barnes says I know you guys love Mickens but he was not good in the return game last season no explosiveness no big plays don't care if he's got actually check the tape in the playoffs because he was good and did have big returns there but more than that Barnes he had no fumbles and he did not muff any punts or any kicks in this offense with this group of players that's all I care about I don't care if you don't lose possession just don't lose possessions and I think Jalen Darden could be fine as a punt returner to be honest like 
He, he, I know he fumbled one in the second preseason game, but, but he John, also had a good return, and, John, and he had a good return tonight. Dress for the Cowboys game. He's not going to. He's wide receiver yeah. six on this team. Tyler Johnson's clear number five, if not number four, ahead of Scotty Miller. But mm-hmm. Jalen Darden can't go down and cover kicks and punts. All also, he can do is return game guy. We keep saying he, Bruce keeps saying he wants to see more of Scotty Miller in the return game, but then he, he never had, like, does. One it. opportunity right. in the second game. I yeah. just, I'm like. Is he just not like you don't give him opportunities in practice? Really, he catches everything in practice, but you're not going live on special teams in practice. The only chance you really have to see returners is in the game, and you drafted Jalen Darden to be your return guy, but then he got like no opportunities in the first preseason game, right? And then you're in the third preseason game, and you're That's wasting reps saying. on Keyshawn They're Vaughn. Wasting reps on Keyshawn Vaughn. I just it's don't really. Time. Is this yeah. guy qualified to do returns? You know? I am not. But, no, listen. I will say this by Keyshawn Vaughn. He has been very impressive as a gunner. Yes, he really has. Agreed. Okay, yeah. so Keyshawn Vaughn, the running back, not impressed. Keyshawn Vaughn, the kick returner, hell no. Keyshawn Vaughn, the gunner, yes, I like the tape this kid's put out. He's a different. But I'd rather player. have another DB active. I just would. I know. I mean, but I get your point. It is it is to credit to Vaughn that he has figured out being a gunner. No question. Yes. Here's the other thing I'll say. With as far as the punt return job, which seems to be up in the air, and somebody mentioned it here, box time fall ruining my my point here. <laughs> Antonio Brown is on this team. Just yeah. let him return punts. He's yeah. awesome at it. Like I don't know why we're making John, this so hard. If, if you remember on Monday Night Football when the Steelers came down and beat of Brian Fitzpatrick, they put AB back there. The Steelers did, and he had a, a punt return for a touchdown that I think got called back due to a penalty. But didn't that, didn't back Sean Jackson that do that? Didn't just Sean Jackson did that for the Bucks too, where they put him did, back, yes. he returned one, and then there was a penalty, and he yes. like immediately went to the ref and was like, "Yeah, you know, WTF? What are you doing? <laughs> like all this yeah. stuff." Well, yeah. I just know that I watched him for years, and he's he gets it. He just knows how yeah. to move. Why in the not? Open he still field. got He doesn't make. He doesn't muff kicks in a sense. I mean, exactly. I, and again, it's not like you're worried about him getting hurt. I mean, I mean, you might be, but you have a hundred receivers like that are good. Like if he, right, you know, it's and and you don't even get hurt on those returns. I mean, it's just yeah. I don't understand why they're making it so difficult. It never made sense to me when they brought him in that he didn't return kicks. He has four punt return touchdowns in his career. Uh, I just like this is a kick return touchdown in his career. Yeah, it's not that hard. Like he's right. the best guy. Like, but he doesn't even get opportunities, so it's not even worth talking about. Because at worst, bad. he'll super kick the punter and go viral. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> even when he didn't get like a huge ret- score touchdown, he was dynamic. I mean, it just it makes no sense. They could save themselves a roster spot. They all the headaches of trying to use seven receivers. Right, you wouldn't have to worry about I, the, the whole the way the whole punting kicking thing has occurred. The return job has occurred makes no sense to me at all. That's why I'm just like, I haven't seen enough of anybody else to feel confident. Just give it to Jaden Mickens because he's not going to drop the ball. Get 12 on the field and let him go to work and don't lose possessions. Here's the thing. You know what makes a lot of sense, though, for us to do right now? It's time for game balls. Oh, yes. Presented by Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. You know what, Scott? I don't know if you know this or not, but. The the performance package 4.0 from Manscaped is here, yes. and it is they are. If you don't know about Manscaped, they're the global leaders in below the waist grooming, and they want you to shave your pubes with the Tom Brady of ball trimmers, the brand new lawnmower 4.0. Yes, this bad only the right goat here. technology. And here's the thing about this performance package 4.0, Scott, that you have, and I know you've got all the little goodies right there all the gimmicks um, right here that's right but lawn the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer the brand new lawnmower 4.0 trimmer it's got a travel lock it's got a a, a nice bright light so you can see everything going on down there that's important uh, and it's waterproof that's, that's great right. too very Even lots shower. of convenience here and so you've got the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer you've yes. often spoken to the effectiveness of such a tool i love um it. the crop preserver ball deodorant and the crop reviver toner plus two free gifts the performance boxer briefs which are the most comfortable boxer briefs they really in are. world history they and really the are. shed travel bag the shed travel bag is oh look at that thing it's beautiful quality leather oh this God. is this is fantastic travel bag it's it's sturdy reliable 
durable. It's absolutely beautiful. And here's the deal, folks. You can get 20% off right now at Manscaped plus free shipping with that promo code Pewter20, P-E-W-T-E-R 20 at manscaped.com. That's right. Make sure you check this out. Go to Manscaped for yourself. Ask for it as a gift. Tell people about the promo code Pewter20 so you can get a part be, to be a part of what Manscaped is doing. Guys, it's time. I'm telling you. Yes. Take it care is. of your balls. It, Shave it yourself up with Manscaped. It is time. We've talked about it before. I would never have used this product if they didn't send it to me for free. I just wouldn't because it's just, I don't know. But the thing is, is I have become a big time believer in Manscaped. Uh, we're not just paid to say this. We actually use the product. Matt, John. I was using it before, but yes. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So, I'm thrilled. All I the love time. It. Here's great. the thing. Last week's giveaway were, were great. We had more people go for the t-shirt. I still have two of these Super Bowl DVDs left. Okay. I, I got rid of one of these last mm-hmm. week. So if you want one of these, place your order at Manscaped. Email me and be sure to use the promo code Pewter20 because it's going to save you 20% and you get free shipping. Then you're going to email me at sr at pewterreport.com. Super easy. Sr. Scott Reynolds at pewterreport.com. Let me know if you want the Super Bowl DVD. First come, first serve. I have two of these left. It makes a great gift. The holiday season will be here before you know it. Or if you don't want one of those, you can get a Pewter Report T-shirt just in time for the regular season. So we got them in white. Also have them in black and pewter. That thing pops mm. right there. That's, That's beautiful. Great looking shirt. Oh, yeah. All I need is for you to email me srpewterport.com send that proof of purchase the great thing is it doesn't have your financial information don't want it don't need right. it but it does have your address which i do need to send you the shirt or the super bowl dvd let mm-hmm. me know which which one you want and when you pick the, the, the shirt let me know if you want uh, white black or pewter and what size and i'll send that to you absolutely free of charge thank you for being a manscape customer Absolutely great stuff from Manscaped as always. All right, who's our game ball winners? Offense, defense, special teams. If you're feeling it, let's go. You, Matt, you go first. Yeah. You just jumped in here. You go first. Oh, that's extremely kind of you guys. Yeah, it really just did it because I don't know. I haven't thought of my people. Yet, but yeah, <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I know they are. Go, but you I, go yeah, I, I won't take the the obvious pick because obviously Brady was awesome. But I'm gonna go with Chris Godwin. I feel like Godwin, as talented as he is has gone a little bit under the radar just in terms of we've been talking a lot about Mike Evans and we've been talking a lot about Antonio Brown here in this training camp in this preseason. But Goblin was the receiver that scored the touchdown tonight. He had three receptions for 84 yards and a touchdown. That's a big day just for a whole game, and he did that essentially in a quarter and a half. So I thought it was a good a, a good showing for Godwin in the sense of, hey, let's not forget about him. You know, he's still a huge part of this offense even with Evans and Brown being the ones that everyone's talking about. It was it was a great game for him. Yeah, for sure. Good choice by, for, by you picking God. We can just do an offense first. Um, I'm going to go with a guy you might have heard. Tom Brady was really good tonight. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him or not, but yeah, I've heard the name. I just I just like watching Tom Brady play football. That's it. I mean, that's all. I don't have a whole lot to say. You and point, every Buccaneer fan out I mean, there. It's just it's just fun, man. Like accuracy, decision making. I'm gonna call reads. him Dr. Brady because he's just a surgeon out there. Yeah, he's like it's just when they went no huddle, awesome. I was having a tough time keeping up on Twitter, being like first down bucks, like Brady to Brown, first down, Brady to Evan, first down. Like just trying to keep oh, up with it. I was on the live stream, like, oh, and there's another one, and there's another yeah. one, and there's another yeah. one. Like it was just like screen seven fifteen yards. Seven. Okay. <laughs> yeah, here we just, go. He was awesome. It was fun to watch, and so I'm hopeful that that. That that same offense comes out against Dallas, I think, because uh, that would be a fun way to start the season for sure. Yeah. How about defense, John? Well, uh, defensively, Jeremiah Ledbetter's my guy. Like, he, I just thought he played great tonight, and he stunned me with the way that he played. I mean, you could go a bunch of different directions in this game, and that's a good thing for the Bucs. But yeah, I thought he played great run. Past game, he showed rush that I didn't think he had shown yet. Uh, he intrigued me so much with his performance and just the fact that he's remade his body that I would really like to try to keep him in-house in some way. Probably get him on the practice squad fine. I wouldn't yeah. be worried about anybody claiming him, but I'd love to keep him around. Okay. Um, Matt, you get anybody else, or it's my turn? Yeah, sure. For defense, um, I again, I spoke about him earlier, but I really like what K.J. Britt today to really solidify himself on the team. Uh, I thought he made a lot of tackles out there. I know there were some questions about his overall speed and, and reaction, but 
Uh, I thought he was in the mix a lot, especially as bad as the Bucks were in the run tonight. I, I felt that uh, he was able to make some plays. And obviously, when the going got tough at the goal line, he made those huge stops on third and goal and fourth and goal to get the Bucks the ball back. So I was really impressed with what, with what he had to do. And uh, obviously, there was competition going into the game. He was the guy that had to step ahead, and he made sure that he didn't re- relinquish that lead. And I thought that was really important. My game balls for tonight uh, on on offense. Um, I'm going to go with Kyle Trask. I know Brady was was the was the better quarterback for sure, and certainly Chris Godwin, you know, was a star. But just to be different, I I like what what uh, I saw from Kyle Trask because he looked like an NFL quarterback tonight. It looked yeah. like the game wasn't too big for him. Yes, he was going up against third stringers. I get it. He is not going to play hopefully for a couple of years, but he looked like the guy that I think the Bucks were hoping they were going to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looked poised out there. Yes, he held on to the ball a little bit too long. I think he, if he had better protection out there, he would have even put up some better numbers. But the numbers themselves, 12 of 14, 146 yards and a touchdown, I thought it was uh, certainly a strong showing for Kyle Trask. It was good to see him fired up too, man. It was. He was yes. excited. Mm-hmm. like He was pumped and he's not a – uh, you know, if you heard Kyle Trask speak, I don't know that inspired would be the first word that I would use. Maybe that's right. disrespectful. I apologize if it is. I just, he's not like a motivationally inspiring yeah. dude, in my opinion. But I thought seeing that fire from him got everybody riled up on the field and the sideline. That was kind of, cool. I agree. On defense, I'm going to go with D Delaney. Uh, I love how this guy really kind of filled out the, the stat sheet. Six tackles. Uh, his coverage wasn't perfect, but at the same time, um, I, I I think that the two interceptions, listen, uh, you want splash plays. You want guys under the lights to show up and show out, and he certainly did. I also uh, would be remiss if I didn't mention again, breaking up the pass for the two-point conversion. So he did a lot tonight in terms of making plays, and um, I think he made the team tonight. Mm. I'm also going to give a shout-out to, to Jose uh, Borregalis too, because the thing, uh, the thing I liked about him is he rebounded from the first block. The second mm-hmm. block was totally not his fault. He made the kicks, but more importantly on that second block, my boy, my guy just rallied and made the tackle. Yeah, that's the, right. <laughs> so he prevented a scoop and score touchdown. So anytime a kicker makes a tackle and not just one of those, like, like little, you know, uh, oh, it's, it's an angle. auto yeah. game ball. Yes, we did it yes. with Bradley Pinion last week. Yes. That's right. The kickoff yes. return. Yes. So I'm auto gonna say, game ball. I'm going to say Jose gets a game ball tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Great choices. Hey, this has been a ton of fun. What a game day experience with Peter Report uh, to yes. open to end the preseason and get us ready for the regular season. We had the in-game live stream. Paul Atwell and I did it. It was great fun. We're going to do more with it as the regular season gets yep. us. Peter it's kind of a trial run. Is here yep. to stay. But as Pewter Game Day, as Pewter Game Day live stream kind of is going, as the game's going, we're breaking things down as we watch the game. We're getting invested in storylines. We had thousands of people in there with us watching. It was awesome. Um, we had a blast with it. Uh, I think we got great questions, great interactions from y'all. If you were in there, you know it was a great time. Uh, and those will only get better. We've got more things planned. We really wanted to kind of dry run yeah. one tonight and see how it went. And so we're excited for those this season to be a regular part of what we do. And, and you can watch those over at PeterReport.com. And – to do pregame shows as well this season. That's going to be a blast too, Scott. I think they'd be able to do some of those. We're going to be doing some of those live on locations at different places in Tampa Bay. Then we'll be coming in back to our humble abodes for the in-game live streams. And uh, we'll have people at the stadium, still have someone at the stadium. Matt's going to be doing a lot of that stuff this season. So it's going to be fun. There's going to be lots of content and coverage of Peter Report. We may be tired at some point, so we, we may need what, uh, extra Celsius. Celsius. That's what Celsius, Celsius will for. sustain us, but uh, we are determined this is going to be a great season and we're going to have all the best coverage for you all. And it's going to start and pick up again next week, Monday on the podcast, uh, Peter Report doc, Peter Report podcast. Yep. Uh, we'll be going strong again uh, on the show. So I, again, would, I would imagine too, right, because stay tuned to PeterReport.com. I think you're going to see some roster cuts start happening on yes. Sunday probably continuing into Monday and and they'll probably wait until Tuesday for the last couple of roster cuts. So, mm-hmm. so keep that in mind. Roster cuts are coming up. PewterReport.com is the place you want to go to for all of the latest news. Make sure that you follow us here on Pewter Report TV on our YouTube channel. And then we'll be back on Monday 
for another edition of the Peter Report podcast at four o'clock, right, guys? Absolutely. It's going to be a great right. time. Yep. It'll be a good week, strong week of pods as we wrap up the cuts and the training camp and the preseason and we get ready for the real deal. The Bucks trying to go for two. We're going to be here for you every step of the way. Thanks so much to everybody for jumping in tonight on all these streams. Y'all are the best. I don't say that liberally, man. Y'all are the best. We appreciate y'all. We love y'all. Have a great night. Thanks so much for listening to another edition of the Pewter Report Podcast. Out!